0: The Pope, evangelicals, denominations, what about anti-gay religious leaders? How do we free our hearts from the impact of these religious leaders who come from flawed, oppressive systems, speaking to us about moral issues? How can we change the influence they have in our lives?
1: Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid? Someday so I call you up and you call me down, would it be okay?
0: Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We are so glad you're here. My name is Robert Cottrell and I am here as always with
1: Susan Cottrell. Yeah,
0: and this one this is interesting because this episode is kind of pouring out of you. Normally I have some notes in front of me and but uh not this time. This time it's kind of <laughs> I'm gonna sit back and and uh Sit, sip my coffee, and eat some popcorn, and and uh, <laughs> and listen to what you have going on, and awesome. chime in with my two and a half cents as I usually do.
1: Okay. Um,
0: last week, if you remember, we talked about the part of deconstruction journey that involved sin and the issue of sin and everything that that. Everything that that, all, all the, the
1: connotations all the
0: connotations and all the traps and the weight stuff and the weight of that. And part of that conversation was we talked about religious leaders and their role that they play in helping fuel our focus, their their focus and fuel our focus on sin in our own lives, but even more especially in the lives of others. So we said that in a future episode, we were going to talk more about religious leaders. And We decided that, well, we this are. is a future episode. So we're going to talk now about religious leaders and how we can respond to them.
1: Yes. All right.
0: That's all I got.
1: That's all you got. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have a healthy suspicion of authority. I'll just say that right now. And I feel right to have it. I think we should treat authority with suspicion, given how much abuse happens, how much extortion happens, how much vilifying of the little people happens Mm. by people in authority. We're absolutely right to be suspicious. Power concentrated is power abused. And the more concentrated the power, the the more the abuse of that power. Our religious systems, our civic systems, Pretty much all our systems abuse power. When power has immunity, when no one can hold those people accountable, the abuse is guaranteed. That's how power works.
0: You know, and that, as we see the things, we we see it every day. We see it in the things that our leaders see. I have two and a half cents. (laughs) We see it in these, we hear things that our elected officials say, leaders, religious icons, and, and we go, oh, my gosh. I can't believe yeah. that they're saying that yeah. and, and getting away with it. In other words, saying that and those who follow them just keep following go them along. and yes. ignore them. Yes, you know. Sometimes I want to say, just keep talking because the more you talk, the more you reveal the yeah. heart behind your words. Yeah. In this, so I'm yes. sorry. Go ahead.
1: But if you idolize that leader, then you go along with it.
0: Well, then it's that's th- yes. Then it's too threatening. Right. On that because too, if you to, idolize someone, set someone up like that and they say something, you, you tend to excuse it like, well, no, didn't right. like that. It's
1: too costly to didn't say, like yeah. that
0: comment. But overall I think, you know, right. Yes, because it's as it it threatens yeah all the boxes.
1: Well, religious leaders have a lot of power and privilege in shaping culture and dialogue. Because people take them seriously, their voices are magnified and their negative messages are exponentially more harmful. Whether it's a a youth group leader, a Bible study teacher, a pastor, or the Pope, Uh their words pack a punch. And uh, a young woman wrote me just today, I'm going to talk about the Pope in a second, but (laughs) surprise. (laughs) Um, A young woman just wrote me today, a friend of ours, she said, we listened, just listened to a sermon that highlighted all the things you talk about in your podcast lately, And it has made me so sad. My family listens to this. And it makes sense now why they're acting the way they do. Because these leaders are telling them to fight and speak up that their manhood is being attacked. And the Western world is corrupting their children at school and calling it gender confusion. It's crazy Mm -hmm. and heartbreaking that they believe the LGBTQ community is persecuting them. The most difficult thing is... That they're doing what they feel God is calling them to do, which is, who am I to question that? Because I too feel God is calling me to do, the op- to do the opposite of them, to love, be kind, be respectful, and let others walk their journey. It's so confusing. And I wrote her back. I said, it is heartbreaking, but let me clear up the confusion. Yes, your parents are being told they're being attacked. It's a very common ploy right now. To turn it around, but it's simply not true. And to see that, we just have to look at the example of Jesus speaking up for the marginalized and the example of religious leaders that he called out. This is not a he said, she said kind of thing. This is not, well, we just have to agree to disagree because we really can't know the truth here. That's false. If one man wants slaves to work his fields and another man doesn't want to be a slave, those are not equal, not equally weighted. We we mm-hmm. have to defer to the one who doesn't want to be enslaved rather than the one who doesn't want to give up his slaves. Mm-hmm. This is a huge battle against this group. These lies are taught by pastors, and they're generally straight white male pastors who haven't been on the receiving end of the things they're saying. And it's really unjust. And Jesus shows us this completely.
0: Mm-hmm. We're not exaggerating when when she said all the things you talk about. They were doing. They were saying. We're not exaggerating when we talk about the the systematic attack on the LGBT community and rights and the yeah. uh, hateful things that are coming. And this this comes from the local pastor of the of the with the you know, fifty people in the pews of the church on the country road to um, to larger. Pastors with TV shows to huge religious names and pastors with entire organizations that they represent yeah. to religious people on television and news programs. It 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 this kind of stuff. We're, yeah. we're not it's
1: systemic. It's, it's built yeah. into the system, and we're
0: not exaggerating the depth of it or the harshness of
1: it. No, that's right. And recently, the Pope. To whom millions turn for leadership in their faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like Ricola, but anyway. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> That's the closest I could come to a, to a chant.
1: Or we can pull out the Monty Python, you know, boom. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, but those, so the Pope... It, it, in the to news whom recently. all these people look to, he said the Vatican cannot bless same-sex unions because God can't bless sin. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Okay. And just to be clear and to set the record straight, homosexuality and same-sex relationships are not a sin. Nope. Period. And now— um, You've got to do some
0: know, serious scriptural gymnastics to get there, to be honest will, with you
1: do because
0: yeah. when you look into this it is clear. Yeah. The Bible is clear. It's not.
1: It's not a sin,
0: a sin. and right. it's not sinful. Right. But this I was when I first started my faith journey years and years ago I had to walk through the snow up, um
1: <laughs> to church both ways. To church right. both ways.
0: Um I was talking to a Catholic priest and and <laughs> was talking about a, a particular passage and and he said oh that's just Paul but we have we have the Bible, we have the Pope, and we have a, a tradition. And those things carry equal weight. So when the Pope says something like that, yeah, not just says it in a, a passing 60 Minutes interview. Does he do 60 Minutes interviews? I don't no. know. <laughs> As a statement, that carries 600
1: a huge years interview,
0: weight. And it's, it's one or two sentences that speak that's horrendous impact. On, on families and broke the hearts of so many. Yeah.
1: And for this this man, this religious authority to affirm, quote, sin of this, many of you have expressed incredible grief and sadness, thinking maybe you had an ally in the Pope and now this gut punch and you're right to feel betrayed. You were betrayed. But what does that mean for you in your life when any religious leader says harmful things, what does that mean for you? So let's give it some perspective. Let me just say the Pope is protecting himself here. They pulled him back in line, and it has nothing to do with sin. Now, how lovely it is for a man with every privilege to throw regular people without privilege under the bus to protect himself and his power, which is the very definition of sin, and it's shameful. But let's go deeper. Okay, who are these religious leaders anyway?
0: Because it's not just the pope.
1: No, it's no. it's pastors. We, we
0: could call yeah. them out by name, but there's so many. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and, and they're usually men. They just are men vested with enormous power and privilege. And at least in the Catholic Church, most are not married. So let's take what they say about marriage with a grain of salt. And they don't have children. These unmarried ones. And so we can take parenting advice with a grain of salt, and they're not gay, that we know of. So so let's take what they say about LGBTQ with a grain of salt. That's fair, don't you think? And they're beholden to a system that gives them enormous power and privilege, a system they're intrinsically motivated to protect, right? They're tethered in place to a centuries-long tradition and these religious leaders will be uh, condemned, tossed out, shamed, and canceled in a heartbeat if they even attempt to go against their system. Right.
0: Because and and the system that that with recent scandals over the past few decades, which I don't know if I'm if I'm jumping ahead here, but the system there that that protected abusive priests even uh, enabled them to continue their abuse by just moving them. Right. A system that has already proven itself. Right. It's
1: untrustworthiness it's and abuse untrustworthiness of power.
0: Trustworthiness and abuse of power and its absolute commitment to protect the institution above yes.
1: all. Yes, that's right. And yet. So,
0: why should we think the motivations are any different here?
1: Right, exactly. And yet, millions hang on their every word as if it's God speaking. And l- let me tell you right now. It is not God speaking. Jesus, we say this all the time, that Jesus actually communicated to us that the least trustworthy people to lead us are religious leaders. So how do people get past this deep dependence on these people's opinions? One of the headlines around this said, Pope Francis says priests cannot bless same-sex unions, dashing hopes of gay Catholics. Okay, That's a key right there. If he can dash your hopes, then his opinion is out of proportion. Mm. We need to separate ourselves from our religious leaders' opinions. They loom too large in our psyches. But it's a pope, or it's a pastor, or it's my Bible teacher. I know. But listen to me. You can't live your life to please some authority figure entrenched in a patriarchal oppressive system. It's like the 40-year-old still living his life to to please his father. And he never will, yeah. because his father's unpleasable, and I understand that dynamic. It's not healthy. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and,
0: and we're talking about we're talking a lot about the pope here, but but the same thing could be the same exact thing could be said about the pastor of the fifty person church dashing your hopes. Yes. Or, yes. The, or the large denominations that are on television every week, or the or the leaders of the major organizations that. Yes. You know their words carry a similar weight yes in the lives so it's not it's not just the Pope it's these religious leaders again who are proving by their words and by their actions and their lack of love and how and how inconsistent it is they're proving that the commitment above all else is to the power and the institution
1: yeah and we had an experience of this a long time ago that in a micro level, and it's when you and I found out we were pregnant with our third child, Natalie, and we were ecstatic. I don't know if you remember this, but I told my Natalie, mentor. Yeah, I remember Natalie. You remember Natalie? Yeah. <laughs> um, you remember getting pregnant? But <laughs> uh,
0: Joan Rivers' joke. I won't <laughs> no, no, do it. Never no, mind, Please.
1: Okay. Um, and I told my mentor, who, who who meant the world to me, that we were pregnant. She had taught me so much. And she was not excited at all, and I was crushed. And a good friend of mine said to me, "Maybe her opinion is too important to mm. you." Mm. And I—that thought had never occurred to me. But as I think about it, that's absolutely yeah. true.
0: And that's interesting because I hadn't thought about this before. But in that same same church, I uh, actually we had we were part of a what's, what's called a cell group, like a small group. Yeah, it was a large church. And we had wanted to switch cell groups. Yep. And we were kind of called in to speak to the the actually, you know, the leader who basically got us back in line and told us that and yep. I remember having a a a the thought, like, oh gosh, they're disappointed in us. Yeah, you know, weird how know, weird how, how
1: we get sucked into that, and
0: how easy we are to control in that. In that, yes, with that mindset, that's
1: right. Which that's is, exactly right. Yeah. And you know, and but you think everybody has their own motivation and their own story. My my mentor had her own story to protect. She had two children, so to her, two was the right number. And I think I think she told me she wanted more, but her husband didn't. So. There's that dynamic going on that had nothing to do with me, so and maybe she's projecting onto me, right? Mm. Who knows? But what I do know and what I learned is that her opinion is just her opinion. That experience removed my dependence on approval a lot, which not altogether, but it moved a lot. And you know, it it showed me it it really helped me in my life and now in the work that we do. Mm. I can't be worried about somebody being, you know, not approving of me. I couldn't do mm-hmm. this work.
0: We talked about this again. The If you just take a step back and look at things that are said and things that are done and things, you, you often know the, the veil is lifted and it's like, wow, I never saw that before. And yeah. when we question leaders like this and the immediate response it's like the what's called talking points. the immediate yeah. response is that you're a heretic, you're apostate, you're not even a Christian right that
1: kind of, are sh- not, not enough
0: not like not an evo no willingness to even discuss that's a pretty big red yeah. flag like oh, I'm threatening something here yeah, you know, and it's such a threat that we have to silence you that's right and and um, undermine you and discredit you in every possible way right. And that's the response. And we know you've heard that. We know you as parents have heard that uh, about being affirming of your kids. We know you as who were part of the LGBTQ community have heard that as well. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: And and just like that father or mother that you could never please, at some point you have to move on and and just think he doesn't get it, she doesn't get it, and probably never will.
0: Yeah. What do we do? I mean, what do you do when you're dealing with these religious leaders I and mean, what— I don't know where you're going so maybe I
1: yeah I mean you yeah. you have to I mean, put them into in their perspective you have to understand that's a human being and try to extricate yourself from this system you've gotten sucked into we we were sucked into
0: hmm.
1: and and move on because you know that central that that person can't be such a central figure to your self worth and we're we do it very easily, as you said.
0: And we talked you know. about how if it doesn't when you talk about conveying love, if it doesn't feel like love, it's not love. Yeah. If it doesn't sound like love, it's probably not love either. <laughs> yeah. So to start to hear things, to tune your radar and to start yeah. to hear things that that don't appear to be consistent or that that appear to be holding down one group in favor of another group or right. that don't sound like love or That sound like rules-based versus all those kind of things are very good at at helping stop the the influence, the impact, the words of our religious leaders can have on us.
1: Yeah. And she was wrong. Two was not enough for us. Five is what we have. Hmm. And we wouldn't miss any of them. We wouldn't have wanted not to have any of them. And so you know, and what's we'd right? We'd miss them all. We'd miss them all. I mean, that's yeah, right. Yeah, right.
0: That's, <laughs> what do we say? I, I said that the wrong way. Yeah, but you said we wouldn't miss any of them. Yeah, we'd miss we miss them all. We wouldn't give up any of them.
1: We wouldn't give up any of them. Wouldn't have missed having any of whatever. There you, go. you know what I mean? <laughs> and what's right for you, listening, is to be the gender, the orientation, the person that you are, and give your kids and loved ones that same freedom. If you're the parent, it doesn't matter what others as others think. That's what we need to to get a hold of. And when people give their opinion, they're speaking from their own paradigm that you only have two kids or your marriage doesn't count because it's the same gender or whatever it is. And, you know, the Pope even said same-sex unions are not ordered to the Creator's plan. Really? He said those unions are illicit and God cannot bless sin. Well, how kind of him to clarify God's position of judgment for the rest of us. Give me a break. This man who millions consider to be very, God's very voice. I reject that.
0: Yeah. And who has proven, again, the system, the right. voice that has been proven already to be cherry picking what they do and do yes, not stand for.
1: Yeah. And I admit I'm not a Catholic. So this is easy for me to dismiss. And I'm now not going to churches like we used to. So it's easy to dismiss these. But... Come over and stand over here for a really good view if you need help with this. Mm. Because the real sin here is that men in power are deciding who gets God's blessing and who doesn't, who gets their full humanity, and they're speaking condemnation in God's name. That's the real, the real sin. And keep in mind, these are men, as Rob said, these are men with a rap sheet a mile long, deciding what God thinks about you. It's every bit the hypocrisy that Jesus was livid about. So just think about the moral paradigm from which they're speaking. You can just about throw a rock and hit a child who's been abused by a Catholic priest. And the system of the Vatican knew and did virtually nothing. Don't tell me the Vatican gets to speak for you on moral issues. And before we shake our heads at them, Protestant pastors also have a rap sheet a mile long for similar child abuse. And abuse of women and countless egregious violations. Don't tell me these religious leaders get to speak for you on moral issues. We have a friend, our friend uh, Thomas in Germany, who found me through the TED Talk, and he told me of his run-in with this old parish priest in the German Catholic Church. German, I keep wanting to say German chocolate cake. The German, <laughs> the German Catholic That's much Church. more enjoyable and satisfying. <laughs> And that after the Vatican's announcement, Thomas prepared a statement to read at the church. And he said, I hadn't been there in 40 years, but I <laughs> went this, I went that Sunday. And he was given the opportunity to go up. And he said, and I got, I started speaking. I was kind of nervous, but I got in the groove of my own mini TED Talk.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> he said, I pictured you by my side as I stood there on the altar, which is very sweet. And he said, it went really well. I choked up a few times when I talked about my family and my deep love for my relationship with Wolfgang. Then suddenly, he said, I felt a power up there. I found the strength of 10 Grinches plus two. (laughs) I spoke about the Vatican, a club of, this is his words, and this comes from a book that he recommended, a club of old, bitter, unhappy homosexuals living in their grand palace, (laughs) where pageantry, extravagance, and hypocrisy are the rule of the day. Most of them lead a double life behind those high walls, and many are responsible for child abuse and have been given a safe haven from the law. Okay. And he said, I stress clearly, yes, these are harsh words, but all of what I have just said is well-documented and provable. And he said, read the book in the closet of the Vatican. Most people, including clergy, don't know half of what goes on up there. And these men, these men, he says, are telling me that I'm a sinner. Why on earth is anyone still listening to these men? They have nothing to teach us. And he, he was quoting a local bishop with those words. He went on um, to talk about the devastating impact the church has had on his personal life and the lives of countless others. Mm. And he he said, I stress this is not about just me. It's about thousands more I gave examples in my own family and told him how it is now spreading to the next generation of nieces and nephews. These are relationships he's lost. He said, we don't need some half-hearted blessing that has strings attached, a blessing with fine print and conditions. And they're saying my partnership is blessed by God, but if we live it out, it's a sin. How is one to even understand this duplicity? He said, I actually find your blessing insulting. Mm-hmm. Then I got emotional, he said, and I and I said, no, I want what I want is my family back. I want the lost years back that I could have had with my siblings, the lost years that this church has stolen from me. I demand an apology from this church for the damage it has caused my family and the families of so many around the world, and for the physical violence so many have endured. Mm-hmm. He, and he, he went on. I He said, we really have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And I paused to let that sink in. I could hear a few parishioners saying yes, and otherwise you could hear a pin drop. Mm-hmm. I said, because the Catholic Church in its current state is certainly no blessing for this world. That mm-hmm. was also a quote from the local bishop that he he quoted. And he said, I challenged the pastor and the Church of Germany if German clergy are in such conflict with the Vatican's teachings, then split from the Vatican. It wouldn't be the first time because these clergy had said, we don't agree with it, but they're standing behind it. And see, this is where authority gets so dicey. And it's the very crux of the problem where all our religious issues stem from. These men... These religious leaders
0: not not just Catholic.
1: No, all of the religious leaders are subject to this.
0: Documented and in the news. So we're kind Thomas is in that. So we're focusing on that. But this this goes across this religious line here.
1: And because of the recent Vatican statement, that's why we're focused too. But it goes across all denominational lines. And you know, these religious leaders say they're called by God to care for, speak for, protect the vulnerable from systems of oppression. That's the message of the gospel, and they are hired and kept in place and paid for by the systems of oppression. You see the conflict there, and they're otherwise unaccountable. They're not accountable to the families they serve. They'll just throw out a noncompliant family. That's what happened to us. They're not accountable to the civil authorities. So many just get away with all of it, and they're not even concerned about being accountable to God. Even though they're you know they're not doing what God told them to do, and they keep doing it so this is this is systemic issues with authority we were we you and I were in a defense trial against a child molester, mm. and you should have heard listeners that slime ball attorney he attacked every one of the witnesses these children including the children including the children, against this child molester. What? But what else was he going to do? Admit the guy did it? No. And when people want their way and no one gives up their power and their privilege voluntarily, they'll say anything they want to keep it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make, make it true. It just means they don't want to give up their power. So religious leaders are meant to protect the vulnerable from the very systems of oppression that pay them, and you're, you've got an automatic impossibility there. It's a problem. That's where things get really tangled up. And honestly, it's to the point that we need to remove ourselves from it to protect our hearts and our lives yeah. and our children and our families.
0: We're not, this is not an anti Christian message. In fact, it's just the opposite.
1: Yeah, this is the true message. This is,
0: this is a pro-Christian, as in follower of of Jesus Christ, message. But it is calling out those who, who claim to speak in Christ's name that have yeah. nothing to do with that and don't look anything like Jesus looked and don't teach anything even close to what Jesus taught. So is it about bringing it down? I don't know. I mean, I— yeah. Maybe some of the walls of the castle and, and well,
1: there's certainly churches that are not subject to this. Like they really do welcome all.
0: Yeah. It and,
1: is it you is know.
0: growing. let's give a, a shout out to a couple of resources there. One is, is gaychurch.org and one is church clarity. Churchclarity Both are great resources to find out where a church really stands and why yeah.
1: for, for us. Want to go to church, yeah.
0: If you still want to go to church, and a lot of people now, including us, we kind of we We don't go, don't, yeah, we don't go, we don't find our community and those kind of things in that one stop shop Sunday morning place, right? anymore. Largely,
1: Um, you guys are our community, (laughs) yeah.
0: Um, yeah, there, I mean, there, as we said, there are churches out there, and it's a growing number of churches out there that are focused on. On lifting up the least of these and loving the least of these and being fully and completely inclusive and yeah and and that's growing, and we're so we have a lot of hope in that,
1: and yeah. there, there's a whole like narrative that to support this, it's called the preferential option for the poor and vulnerable, and that means that when you read the Bible or you listen to your leaders or anything that the preference needs to be in in favor of the poor and vulnerable and that's what we see throughout all the writings of the new testament of of the old testament or the jewish bible if you know how to read it that's what it was there for and
0: it was an example of jesus life it's too it's
1: exactly what jesus spoke of all the time we should be defending the defenseless and bringing inside our margins the marginalized not doing the opposite, so that's a yeah, and, and,
0: and yeah. So the goal in this is to free our hearts, uh, i.e., freed hearts, free <laughs> our hearts to love and be loved, and and part of that is understanding, recognizing, and reducing, stopping the impact of these dangerous, often deadly messages are having on us, yes, and. I love um, I love the idea of a simple faith, yes. of, a, of a simple walk, and Jesus' commands to love above all else, love God and love others. And, and um, one thing that, you know, when we talk about, well, what can I do instead of listen to my religious leaders? Yeah. You can trust your heart.
1: Yes, that's exactly— Je-
0: Yeah, Jesus said— it's the Spirit that will lead us in all truth. Now, that's yeah. a little hard to rein in and control, and that's why the church has an issue with that. Sometimes. Yeah, it's
1: hard for the par- the system to control Right,
0: it. Yes, yes, exactly. In individuals, that's why they don't like yeah. it. So yeah. you can trust your heart. You I, can trust your heart. I
1: love that you said that, because my very next sentence, because I'm reading my notes here, I, I, I said there's a verse that says, guard your heart. And it means guard your heart from without... These decisions, these pronouncements that come from someone else's heart, don't take that into your heart. Guard your heart from without and then guard it from within by not giving them a place, a moment to grow so that you don't sprout judgment and condemnation and cruelty yourself. Guard your heart so it will be free to love and be loved. Mm -hmm. And remember, Jesus said that, you know, exactly what you just said, that the spirit, will whisper to you and lead you in all truth you can trust your heart it's good yeah we we've, we've been beaten down and shamed and shunned and discouraged often by what the religious leaders say about things important to us and about us but hear me you are good you are beloved yeah well i just want to encourage you please to move on from this sad twisted narrative that perpetuates terrible abuse and dehumanization of you by those who are supposed to defend you move away from that narrative that defends the guilty and condemns the innocent mm. you won't be able to convince them even if it's your parents or your you know someone close to you but you must be able to convince yourself yeah. you must know in your own heart that god loves you that you deserve dignity and humanity and these lies are not yours Carry on in this beautiful life ahead of you that God has given you with peace and joy and love. Take heart, beloveds. Go, love and be loved. You deserve every bit of it. Mm -hmm. And don't settle for anything less.
0: Yeah, you are beloved. We
1: love you. We love you. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid? Someday,
0: so I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. Dot org. The music is provided by Hannah Catrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner, and you can find out more about her at heystsinner.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform, and thanks for listening.